Hey people, and welcome back to Revival on the Air today. On this episode of the podcast, we have Ewan and Christine, a couple who've gone through some incredibly tough circumstances that life has thrown at them. But they've come out the other side much stronger for it. And it's not because of anything they've done particularly, but through God's provision and God's power, will you hear how he got them through. And there's some miraculous testimonies in here of his amazing healing power as well. So have a listen. It's a bit longer than normal, but it's well worth the listen, and I'm sure you will enjoy. God bless. Christine. Ben. How are you doing? Ben. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Now, for those who haven't listened to us before, this is a podcast about sharing miracles, about what God's done in people's lives. So you're a husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? 18 years. Oh, 19 18. In January. I was going to say 19. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, it has been. And so you're a little bit different to the last few people that I've had on the podcast. You know, come from pretty rough backgrounds, some you know, drug-fueled, mm. violence-fueled backgrounds. You don't have that. Oh, no, where you're all clean Greek, Scottish, Jewish, Irish family background, yeah. So you've both known God for a long time, since you were kids, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah? About 12 for me. 12, yeah. Yes. I was about 11. Yep. And sort of introduced to that through your parents? Yes, yep. Yep. Um, I came along when I was, yeah, actually 11, and um, I brought up Greek Orthodox, so very much a God-fearing family where my grandmother used to pray with me every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to pray to Mother Mary and um, knew that uh, I was going to go to heaven because I was a good Greek girl. Yeah, and then until I um, went to a meeting, in the very first meeting, uh, one of the younger girls that were sitting next to me, she sort of asked me if I'd like to um, receive the Holy Spirit. And I always thought, um, you know, you pray to Jesus and Mary and you've kind of got the Holy Spirit anyway and that's what makes you go to heaven. So I understood that premise. And um, and she said, actually, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't go to heaven. And I sort of then asked her a lot of questions from that and realised I didn't have the Holy Spirit and uh, received the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues the very first meeting. So and that so was then quite... And then I really knew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so mm. I was a shock to my parents because it took my mum six months and my dad three weeks and, yeah, so... And but you were baptised after that? No, I wasn't, actually. Okay. I wasn't allowed to. Okay. <laughs> Strong Greek, you know, strict parents. Um, with all also not understanding that, um, uh, you know, I knew what I had, but mm. because my mother hadn't received the Holy Spirit um, and my dad had, but we were, you know, they were still trialling out the church in that sense. You know, we came from very, um, a very strong, um, you know, you're born a Greek Orthodox, you die a Greek Orthodox. So that's, that was a premise. And so when, um, I received the Holy Spirit, I told my grandparents and uh, along came the threats basically. So yeah, so it didn't it took up until the following year to get baptized. So yeah, but wow. that, I that's imagine there's lots story. of families <laughs> like yours where you know they're brought up a particular way. Yes. And because that's tradition or family values or yeah. whatever it is. That's right? it, yeah. Uh, that's the way they stay until 
Yeah, and it's it's, it's regardless of what the scriptures say. Yeah, that's right. Mm. It's it's more you know the expectations is to don't worry about what God thinks, worry about what your family thinks, and um, that's um, essentially what how I was originally raised. Mm. And but it changed, mm. and we had to change everything in our life uh, from that moment sort of onwards when my parents received. So, um, yeah, but. Uh, that's me, but Ewan's slightly different. <laughs> you are a bit different, aren't you? You're a bit different, Ewan. Yeah. yeah, I've heard other people say that you're a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, you know, I was about 11 years of age when God filled me with the Holy Spirit and I was baptised by full immersion as well. And, um, yeah, I sort of went to thank the Lord at night time, praying with my dad for um, healing me of a completely broken arm, which is a, another story again. But uh, <laughs> I went to say hallelujah, to say thank you to the Lord, to praise the Lord and... Um, got out and spoke forth in tongues and I was 11 years of age and it was just amazing to me because I wasn't sort of um uh, hadn't been sort of seeking the Lord to do that or anything it was just he graciously filled me with his spirit and um I was baptized by full immersion on the next Sunday and it's just um just incredible and like you said uh, didn't come out of a, a drug scene or a, any other scene but as uh, one brother used to say you know the only thing I really was addicted to was milk and cookies. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. That okay. I, I don't read any yeah. scriptures that say you shouldn't have drink <laughs> milk and cookies. <laughs> I think yeah. you're okay it with that one. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I uh, was speaking to Ben, who's a few episodes ago yeah. in, our, in our podcast series, I remember him telling me that he'd gone and spent some time going to preach God to people mm. in jail. He had a bit of feedback from people who said, oh, yeah, you know, Ben, we understand the story, mm. you know, drug-affected, you know, youth who's yeah. had a violent background finds God mm. and life is transformed. Mm. It's a bit of a cliché, <laughs> which is a pretty tough thing because it's an it absolute is. miracle. But anyway, mm-hmm. that was sort of the view. But what they were surprised at was his wife's, who had never... Hmm. Been ex- had never experienced that, and so here I have in front of me two you know, <laughs> y- young people, young, mm-hmm. younger than me anyway. Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> you know, he's been able to stay that course for twenty years mm. Mm. <laughs> plus thirty. Been in the fellowship yeah, we, for thirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a pretty amazing story, really, with the with the pull of the world and the peer Absolutely. pressure and all of those things that come upon someone who's mm. you know, fundamentally different, really, compared to a lot of kids at school and yeah. teenagers tough thing to go through sometimes do you think? Oh it's not it's certainly not um essentially if I didn't have the Holy Spirit and understood what the power within me was and starting to really appreciate and understand my identity in Christ then um I I wouldn't have been able to survive and sometimes you don't even I can extract that a little bit more eloquently now but at the time it's like why am I acting this way um or you know that inner voice inside sort of saying that's not crash hot Christine that's not a great way to go or that when I was at uni all the philosophies that were presented to me and oh seriously you don't actually believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale you're a smart person you know there was a lot of um philosophies presented which is very tempting and there were avenues where I did explore, and um, which is why I believe my tongue has changed quite a few times, or twice in particular, um, based on those two events where I really questioned everything and whether it was preconditioning was the reason why you know I believe with what I believe as opposed to um, just being one on my own with with God and sort of you know crying out and saying if you are really real then I speak Greek I don't know how to speak you know you I I don't want this language which is very repetitive I want a full-blown language that um you know 
makes it sound like I, I come from a distant land <laughs> um, and that's exactly what I got, So, which is quite different. Again, even if I'm um, praying on my own or whether you know, we have a spiritual gifts element in, in the church and sometimes I've done the voice gifts um, and it's a completely different gift again. So that power is what has gotten me through. And what about you, mate? How have you remained so faithful for all those years, you know, from a young age through to you know, through to today, by the grace of God, because we're humans, we're uh, only in a earthen vessel. You know, every day you seek the Lord. Every day we go through the things that everyone does, you know. But um, you know, the, the trials and temptations affects all of us. It rains on the just and the unjust, you know. And um, that gift, like Christine said, God gives us the spirit where we can seek him and he just gets us back on track. You know, he just gets us back looking at what we should be looking at and doing the things we should be doing rather than the alternatives, which are pretty poor as it is. But, you know, we just have to make sure we tune in to, to him and what he's got to say to us. And, um, and uh, you know, he sees us through. He always does, you know. It continually amazes me, and it shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> that when... We put him first in our life, how things, just the amazing things that come from that, whether that be miracles, whether that be provision, whether that be just the smoothness in which our life can unfold. And when we try and do it all in our strength, it just generally ends up. Right. For me, anyway, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. For me as well. Yeah, exactly. Less right. of me, more of him. Not not ones for New Year's resolutions, but no. we both looked at each other and just said we want more of him, less of us this year. Yeah. And that's what we've sort of tried to yeah. to live to, um, reliance and on him. And in all those ways acknowledge him. That's one of our things. So, you know, we've come out of a lot of fire, sort of, is how we felt. And we feel like we're in a little bit of a blessing phase right now, which is kind of, and it's very hard because you kind of go, oh, what's coming around the corner? <laughs> you know? um, but you just acknowledge that in every aspect sort of thing too and acknowledge where um, the enemy is really good at presenting fear in front of you um, and, uh, and, and sort of saying, no, I'm going to reject that because I'm a child of God. I'm keen to talk a little bit about the fire <laughs> that you've gone through, which is all about you. You're on, isn't it? Oh, right? it's, all it's all about you. It's all about you. I would rather it wasn't. That's a whole lot of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you give a great, albeit shorter, testimony at, at our church camp recently. But I'd be keen to just to talk a little bit more in depth about what you went through because it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yes, it um, is. And, it, and it's not... I mean, it's not just your story. Exactly. It involves Christine oh. to a lot. Amen. You know, As a PNG, people say one body. <laughs> one body, exactly. Yeah. So I'm keen to get, you know, both of your perspectives on what happened and how it mm. happened and what the Lord did for you. Where did it all start? <sighs> July 2015. I hadn't really noticed that my left testicle was probably getting close to twice the size of the right one. And um, I just said that. That's not normal, and why is that? So I chuffed off to the doctor pretty quickly, and uh, he said, oh, it could have been a torsion, so a tear or a turn or a twist, which a lot of cyclists get, some sports players get as well, and basically inflammation. Yep. So he said, jog off to the... Well, not literally, um, to the... <laughs> pretty uncomfortable. On your bike, uh, on your bike, Ben. On your bike, Ben. <laughs> I'm a cyclist. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um, Spoke too soon. Get down Sorry. to the uh, hospital and had... Uh, had the um, radiographer t- 
talking away and was sort of uh, uncomfortable as it was, let alone sort of talking while he's uh, doing his ultrasound. But um, sort of pretty, pretty good talking to him as a tall fella like me and a pretty good to chat to. And then uh, he sort of two minutes in, he just completely switched off and obviously in his job not every day you can sort of be as professional as you'd like to be and I just I don't know I just had this feeling that maybe something wasn't quite right just because you know it's probably not a good analogy but he didn't have a very good poker face <laughs> he sort of and he sort of went off and he sort of came back and went again and came back and went off and grabbed the radiologist who came in and, and um, basically the between the pair of them uh, you know I knew something wasn't right didn't know to what extent but Something wasn't right, so I sort of went back into the waiting room. And how were you feeling? About, were you worried? I wasn't because I'd been through some health things before, and I thought, oh well, this is something, obviously, because it's not normal. I mean, you know, um, so whatever that is, I'm not sure. I just didn't have it, uh, enough uh, prior knowledge to what it could have been. So I went back out to the waiting room at the hospital, and um, if anyone's been to hospital, which I'm sure a lot of people have, you don't expect to be seen within two minutes of sitting back down in your seat in a hospital full of people basically you know falling apart nope, um that's not normal no and uh, so uh and he said look we'll come into this office so rather than go into a room or another room with curtains whatever he pulled into his private office shut the door and sat me down and said look you've got a a um seminoma a can- cancer of the testicle and um and uh he said it's pretty serious and I said oh wow and I sort of he said are you okay I said yeah I'm fine and I sort of I must have sort of gone to collapse he said he went and sort of went to grab me and sort of put me back up on the bed and I sort of I don't know if it hadn't registered it was one of those sort of and again terrible coin of phrase but out of body things we're sort of looking up at yourself going you know you don't really know what's going on here this doesn't make sense none, none of it made sense to be honest and um, so he got me to call Christine. She came and he explained to us sort of what it was about and how it needed to have it operated on. I, I remember I, I was actually at the shops because I dropped him off at the, um, the hospital and I said, oh, look, I'm just going to go across the shops and take the boys to uh, Kmart, something really exciting. Um, and I just posted a pic. So I remember the time and moment because the boys were pretending they were salesmen in, in, in amongst this packaging area. And I was like, oh, look how cute, blah, blah, blah. So here's me all social media-like. And um, and then, you know, looking at my phone, looking at the, the likes and whatnot. And next minute, Ewan calls me. He goes, you need to rush home, take the boys home, drop them off at mum and dad's and come and get me. And I'm like, wow, what's, what's going on? He's like, just come. Um, it's something serious and um, I know he said it started in 2015 but to be honest 12 years ago I mean he's been suffering from quite a lot of different illnesses and anything from um, ulcerative colitis to colitis to Crohn's so he's had quite a few things so I just thought this was all in the same realm but um, so yeah when I um, heard the seriousness of his voice um, I thought you know, but it was it was quite an ironic situation just to be in the shops making, you know, that's what life is like. You know, one minute you're posting and going, hey, look at my kids, to, oh, my goodness, daddy's in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so the doctor sort of uh, said to us we'd need to pretty quickly have this actioned and, um, and uh, so I went and saw a specialist urologist and he um, booked me in to... Uh, have the surgery two days later and um, 
said beforehand we need to get full range blood tests done and going to have a CT PET scan. And um, so I went and had that done and um, they, <laughs> for some reason, gave me the scans with the report rather than just doing it online, which they always do. And um, That's not I normal. wasn't No, and I wasn't, I wasn't being bad or naughty because the envelope was actually addressed to me, so I <laughs> thought, oh, well, I'm going to open this. And... Um, he was standing outside yeah. the radiologist and um, I was leaning up against the car and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to open this. So I opened it up and uh, going back to the hospital just one step when the doctor told me what it was, I um, just didn't have um, any fear, which is really weird for me, really weird. Like I hear a strange noise outside and I don't sort of curl up in the fetal position, but I'm like, what is that? It's got to be something. It can't just be a noise which happens everywhere. It's got to be something else. That's where, how my mind works, you see. Um, but in that instant when the doctor told me, I just went, oh, that's it. It was sort of not matter of fact. I was sort of... Um, I just wasn't distressed. And, and, of course, as we know, that's the Lord, you know, because it's not me and it's just not normal regardless. Um, so cutting to where I'm standing outside the radiologist and I just opened this report and read the first few lines and just dropped like a sack of spuds onto the bonnet because the cancer had gone elsewhere in my body. It had gone into the paraorta, it had gone into the kidney and as we found out later on it had gone into other areas, well, into the nodes. And um, I just knew that that's just not good. And I um, had uh, our eldest son sitting in the back seat of the car sort of looking at me and I sort of had to turn around and drop backwards onto my elbows onto the bonnet of the car because I just didn't want to see see me being so upset not that I didn't, I didn't care if he saw me crying I just didn't want him to start being upset by me being upset and um so um saw Christine's parents and um told them and it was a bit um sort of you know full on um to have everyone sort of standing around you sort of you know what do you mean yeah what do you have I don't understand what do, what do you mean here river here nod here that's my father sorry <laughs> for all those <laughs> You know, yeah. my mother's like, I don't know, you know, what, what? maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not like this. Because yeah. you, you'd not had any symptoms, and anything. No, no like history, the, no, no family, no, nothing. Just, mm. just and cancer all doesn't hurt, you know. They mm. generally say when you get and cancer. And I was in a lot of pain, yeah, a lot of so, pain. Um, so, yeah, yeah so, so I can imagine it would be a shock for the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, you, yeah, maybe. just the whole process because it involved... Um, you know, quite a lot of treatment and things like that too. Um, it, it meant a lot of babysitting and, you know, our whole life changed um, very quickly in a short amount of space of time sort of side of things too. I just remember everyone being around and some brothers and sisters came around and the pastors came around and just sort of, it was beautiful just sort of having mm. people pray. But it was just interesting, of course, having people in the natural being so upset but spiritually wanting to pray and... I just remember sort of, again, almost that out-of-body thing where I was sort of standing there looking at everyone, except this time I actually was. It wasn't the out-of-body thing I had earlier. It was actually me just standing there, everyone sort of praying, but weeping at the same time, obviously, you know, because we're human. And um, and one of the brothers sort of went to say a prayer and he sort of stopped short because he couldn't control himself. He was just so upset. And so I ended up finishing off the prayer for myself <laughs> if you know what I mean and, and again just you want something me. done right yeah. you do it yourself you no, 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 no. I'm not going to do something right no it's just it's just incredible that the Lord mm. just gave me the strength to just understand that no matter what it was he had me and 
really for the first time in my life. It was two years ago, one of my 45, 43. So after, you know, being in the fellowship, you know, between 35 and 40 years, uh, at that time looking at, you know, the first time actually being completely at peace and completely calm. That doesn't make sense. When you look at that naturally, given mm. the circumstances, given in the other people yeah. around exactly. you. Exactly. And given me. And given your... Just me. I, I who you are as a person. I think there were elements exactly. of calm. I think there were certain things that, um, like, I noticed you and... Um, so he's a massive research buff. So, uh, unfortunately, um, I... Which I, which I naturally usually love sort of thing. And this time he kind of turned around and goes, I don't want to know anything about it. Like, I don't want to... Which is... Anybody that knows you and just goes, I'm, I'm sorry, who are you talking about? And because um, it was quite complicated, even more so, normally I would be the one to want to, to research yeah. it. So, and you, I, I was, so you'd be into the detail, into the oh, science, he, into the yeah, under fully everything. understanding it, trying to I, you know, get to the bottom of you know, I what I've had it contacts single... in the past with biotech companies mm-hmm. um, and uh, drug therapy companies and cancer, um, yeah, therapy companies and um, uh, before when he had his ulcerative colitis and colitis, he would read research papers from the doctors, like that sort of side of things too, to find different avenues of treatments and other ways and what he had and really understand what he had sort of side of things too, whereas um, the most incredible thing for me was notice that he sort of said I didn't want to know anything about it, which was like oh no, I have to do the research <laughs> I just thought, oh my goodness, oh I have to know stuff now, <laughs> you know whereas so Ewan had to, you know, he usually told me, okay, this is what i got to do, this is, the, this is the process and I just found like, oh no this is work for me <laughs> but um, Yeah, and I suppose that, like Christine said, that was incredible the fact that I was just totally and utterly reliant on the Lord knowing full well that he'd have me and that's, again, it's just... You know, was that a decision that you made, or no. was that just something that just God something that happened? I, did, I was not consciously deciding, or, or or not deciding to do anything. I just, for the first time, I really felt like I was being carried through something. Not that I hadn't before, but every step of the way, I didn't let what's between my ears, which is up for debate, um, <laughs> get in the way get in the way of letting God do what he was going to do and what he promised to do. I just had this. And again, like, fantastic question. I did, did not go out of my way to have that happen. It just came upon me. I didn't... It wasn't until afterwards that I realised, hey, you didn't actually put the old grey matter in the way for once. So do you think the outcome would have been different? So if you'd gone down your normal rabbit warren, yep. oh, I would have Absolutely. self-destructed. Yep. Oh, I believe. Yep. I hope there's no way I could. I have was gone pretty through. neurotic still. <laughs> <laughs> that was but just not about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Exactly. You know, um, and every single other. Yeah, thing Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I um, I, I know why. We could why. just stop. We could just stop the talk right. Yeah. The conversation right <laughs> there, right? That's <laughs> that's the miracle theory. That is. That is a. Yeah, that is. But I actually know why some of those things happen to, in the sense of. You know, getting clarity a little bit more now through seeing things. Um, when we found out, too, uh, it was for me, it was a cherry on the cake top icing. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was an anchovy it was cake. A, it, wasn't a good cake. <laughs> it wasn't a great cake. Um, <laughs> I like to eat cake, but you know, the cake that was coming at me. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, and because we'd been through so many 
dramas in in the past in in our marriage in our life and um, businesses and whatnot sort of side of things too we I just thought I can't do this I can't I, I just can't do this with him anymore <laughs> like I so I I I basically just sent out text messages to everybody that I knew and I I just shouted it from the rooftops and sort of said I need help um I need people to pray for us I I need the um um power of you know prayer and I need I need the body of Christ to come in and pray for us sort of thing because I don't think I can do this um, with you and like I can't be the strong person again to sort of go you can do this you'll be right that sort of side of things too so with other challenges that you'd faced in the past had you approached them the same way no or had you, it, you know? had you approached them in the way of you know I've got to do stuff. I've got to yeah, sort all, through this. I've got to work yeah, through this. Yeah, you've got to battle it yourself, sort of thing. Um, yeah. And and you know, it's. Um, I understood the element of. Um, uh, well, both of us too. We just we. I think being firstborn children, I don't know, that's a, um, you know, you sort of if you don't know the answer, you make it up, or um, you know, you. you you just do things and, and you just get on with life. You get on with things. And, and, and we always believe, too, in the past, you know, we don't, you don't pray for business sort of side of things. We ran businesses and things like that. So you don't need to pray because that's, that's not something that, um, that's a materialistic thing, you know. It's, it's funny how where your mind goes sometimes and those sort of side of things, too. So. But your daily job is all about sorting this out, fixing mm. this, solving this problem, mm-hmm. coming up with this idea and then... When you have to hand something over to God, yeah, it's a hard. Yeah, that must be. Yeah. That, that is one of the hardest things. Absolutely, to do, I imagine. But but really, if you look at the evidence, should be the easiest. Correct, and it is. Oh, that's, and that's what he. And, and that's, that's what he calls us to do. First time in yeah. a long time yeah. in my life yeah. where I'd had prior opportunity to have done it before. In hindsight, I look back and go, that was the first time I actually did it. Yeah, just went, and. And it was a default setting. It wasn't, again, like we said, it wasn't contrived. I didn't go out of my way consciously thinking I was going to do it. I just, it just happened. I could not do anything. I wasn't mm. anywhere in this picture to be of any advantage to myself or anyone else around me, and it was out of my control. I mean, when they'd taken the... Um, when they'd removed the um, the cancer, they said the whole of the testicle was was um, tumour, the whole thing, not a scent, not a skerrick left of any natural cell. Um, and how they do the operation, the sort of the cords that link back through, I've got a lovely C-section cut... So Christine had natural births, but one of us has a C-section. Uh, look, it's across there and they, sort of dra- they have to drag everything back through there. So all of that sort of those linking things, and again, I apologise for my lack of medical uh, speak, but um, no- nothing was in there. It was all just contained in there, but it had gone elsewhere. So hallelujah, hadn't done any more damage in and around anywhere else down there. Let's just try and sort this out, the rest of it now. And um, so the, um, the surgeon came in the night after and said, look, I need you to see a specialist um, oncologist um, and I need you to see this particular guy. He's the best, and, um, so, but he's really hard to get into. And I said, fine, no worries. So that was, you know, late afternoon, early evening. He came back in especially late 
night and said, I've just come back from a conference and I sat next to this guy and he said, he will see you on Monday. And this was sort of Friday night. And um, so again, he just said, this is it. You need to go and see him. So we did, went and saw him, fantastic bloke. And, um, but in the meantime, like Christine said earlier, with the prayers that everyone had been having around the world, which was just absolutely, just floored me, just the, the love of the saints. It's just absolutely incredible. We just, I think we take it for advantage, and I certainly am guilty of that in the past, but not, not anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, we'd sort of said to him, we'd explained to him what we believed, and um, we believed in the power of healing that God was going to do that, nothing to do with us. I said, look, I want another scan. We went on the CT. People have been fasting and praying. I reckon I'm healed. And he said, look, there's no need. We just had one uh, a week or two ago. You don't need to, you know, have another one. I said, no, I want another one. I want proof. I want you to show me why I have to have this most um, heinous of chemotherapy treatments before I do this. I want to know that I'm... Yeah, which way it's going to be. So had they explained to you what was going to happen next in terms of the chemotherapy and how big a thing it was? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they had been. And um, that, that um, I suppose, was the only thing that really floored me in this, and it wasn't from a doubt that the Lord wouldn't see me through that either. It was just the the aggressive nature of this particular type of the cycles of what they gave me and the um, the periods of time that they gave it to me for. And um, it was a treatment that, you know, not too long ago it was done over a year or two um, and they were going to try and give it to me over three or four months, the same amount. Um, and just um, just what it does to the body, what it potentially can do from what was explained to me. Again, I hadn't researched it, but the Cancer Council and the oncologist and, and, and oncological nurses had explained to me the minimum sort of side effects that everyone has, not just the you might have if you take X. It was these are all of the things that are going to happen to you. And um, so they, we had the scan. He gave Sorry, in. Just before you, I, it's one of those things too. I, I do have to highlight. Ewan didn't take it Panadol until he was twenty-seven. Um, so I, when I heard all the, I was petrified because I just thought the kid. I mean, if he's punched a doctor with morphine, <laughs> so I, you know, oh, he's just, just, the doctor well, wasn't walking around with morphine. Yeah, I would have punched him. Just, the doctor administered morphine yeah, to me, he and I don't remember. Morph- and he doesn't. Re- he hallucinates. I've had uh, phone calls at one o'clock in the morning saying, "Hey, I'm. I've got you in here out in the." It looks like a balcony. It looks like he's just trying to, you know, he's not sure where he wants to go, but it's it's sort of going over the top, you know, um, and uh, out the window. And um, we're on the third floor here. Um, do you want to come and grab him? And and he has no recollection of yeah. So um, I've I've seen him, you know, be in pools all of a sudden, and he doesn't know how he got there <laughs> with drugs. So. Um, so chemo, in in my initial mindset, was this is going to kill him. <laughs> this is not a solution. This is this is you know he he can't take this. He can't do this. So that was uh, initially. But um, but then that's when yeah we just sort of thought, Lord, it's in your hands, and um, yeah, it's so in your the, hands. The yeah. CT scan came back, and he uh, said that. Um, it showed that the, um, we found later on that it actually had made a reduction. Um, he said at the time that it had made a reduction, but it was, it was small. There's a small change in the size of the nodes. So that was prior to chemotherapy. So this is prior to, just so prior prayer. the cancer prayer. had shrunk. So what, why would that happen? Exactly yeah. right. As, as I explained to him, that's yeah. what happened. He said, look, he said, it would be remiss of me 
not to suggest that we proceed and pursue the the chemotherapy treatment. So um, I had a lot of prayer about it. Again, not in any stress, which is, again, completely unlike me, but just where I sort of... It was revealed to me, I suppose, um, that I'm going through this for a reason and um, in hindsight it has been... um, an amazing opportunity to speak to people not only who um, have gone through it but maybe f- family and friends of people that have gone through it and be actually be able to say that I've that it's happened to me. But I suppose the difference is that um, going through it, there were just incredible um, blessings and provision and safety from the Lord that um, is just, you know, out of this world. I mean, the the minimum side effects that they explain that every single person with having chemotherapy treatment gets, let alone to the level that I was on, I didn't have any of them, just the basics. So for, example, so, for example, <laughs> um, I used to have some quite um, strange pains, to put it mildly, some pretty amazing things going on in the old mind because it's physically unravelling DNA and it's killing good and bad cells and... There's a lot of detail to that, but my point of saying that is that the things it was doing to my mind was quite incredible, never before in my life, and I don't want to experience them again, the things that were um, appearing and and, uh, going on. Um, And uh, the amount of pain that I was in was beyond anything I've ever experienced in my life, yet through prayer, the Lord delivered me instantaneously on most occasions. Mm. And I remember going in... Obviously, I was going in every week, and one of the days I went in there and saw the oncologist, and I said to him, "Look, I said I've got to do. I've just got to work out how to manage the pain a bit better." And he said, "Well, what have you been taking?" And I said, "Well, I haven't actually taken anything." And as Christine alluded to earlier, I think over the course of the whole four months of this smashing chemotherapy, I'd taken a dozen Panadol. Twelve, yeah. That's all I'd taken. <laughs> And uh, he just said, there are people taking more than that a day. And he basically said, do you <laughs> yes. want to go around <laughs> the, the treatment ask room them. there and yeah. ask what they are taking currently every single minute of every day over and above what they're taking now? And and I was just not interested in him filling me up with, with drugs, as Christine alluded to before. I just My body just didn't handle it prior to this. But the amazing thing is that through all of this, the, the side effects that I never had, I didn't, I didn't have any diarrhoea the level of one of the treatments, let alone the three I was getting smashed with, should have done that. I didn't have... Um, I didn't vomit once. He really these didn't all, want to vomit. <laughs> these are all standards. And I just prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to have any of this stuff. They explained to me that I would basically ulcerate from my inside lip yeah. to where things come out uh, internally uh, and would only get progressively worse over the cycles that I was going through. And I remember getting my first ulcer in the first cycle and that doesn't normally happen till towards the end of the first cycle, beginning of the second. And I just said, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want this happening. I don't want this at all. And that was the one and only. And it disappeared within a couple of days and I didn't have one ulcer. And it just is physically impossible, medically impossible for me not to suffer in the things and a raft of other things as well. And it is glory to God. It is nothing of me. I just totally relied on him and relied on his promise and he delivered me. What did the doctors say about that? 
Well, my oncologist had uh, dealt with a brother in the Lord who'd had uh, an amazing healing um, of uh, bowel cancer. And um, he'd heard um, that brother explain to him what I'd explained to him as well. And so he was... um, What's the best way of putting it? He was cool with it. He wasn't <laughs> denying anything. He, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't ecstatic about anything. He was just status quo. He was pretty. Yep. Well, that's that's what you think, and I can't disprove it, and I can't prove it. So to him, that was that's where he was at with it. But um, it was the other people I got to speak to um, in the wards, in the um, in the chairs that were sitting next to us, and um, just to um, have that testimony was incredible. And talk about the blood clot. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's these. A, these that's are more the exciting life. facts. I've got yeah, <laughs> plenty, plenty, taken up enough time. Know. There's plenty of other other amazing oh, things that have happened within it. And I like. I just, no, 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 uh, let's yeah, talk about the blood clot. Let's, let's <laughs> well, um, the last cannula they put in for my last treatment, um, they didn't get a vein properly, and it was on the top of my left hand at the joint of sort of my wrist, my hand to my arm, and they didn't get the vein properly, and they had a, quite a few attempts and. It's, it's painful enough as it is with the horrendous neuropathy that occurs with the chemotherapy, which is hypersensitivity to the extreme excruciating of, the, um, of all your extremities. And um, so they're punching around trying to get a vein. And one of the things that chemo does is it just dries, it just, everything shrivels up your skin and your veins. And it's just so impossible. Um, but I didn't want a, a pick line where they put it in your chest and have it permanently there. To me, that was like a, a badge of honour I didn't want to wear. I just didn't want to have that showing at any point. Not that I was going to be flashing my ripped chest off to anyone soon, but I just <laughs> didn't want that. I just wanted uh, to have a, a line you know, in my hand and they just changed it every day and they couldn't get it. So cut to after I'd um, been given the all clear, which is incredible, um, and I suppose I'll, I'll finish on that bit there where we go back into CM after my treatment and uh, they have the CT scans up of the before, the during, which was the, sorry, the before, before two, which is when we'd asked to have another CT scan just so the, after yeah, so the first, yeah. first before first operation, operation, then, yep. then pre-infast. Second one they didn't so want to do. The, the second yep. one they didn't want to do. We had that up on the screen, only three screens in his room, and the last one that was just taken that, that day or the day before. And we how long was here. this after? Four, four months. Four months, four months yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you could physically see the difference in the reduction of the nodes in the second one. So just after prayer and fast, not after the chemo, before any drug went into my body, they'd physically reduced, which is just physically impossible, medically impossible. Um, Glory to God, you know, all clear, fantastic, just amazing. Just that deepest of deep breaths going outside that, that place and just holding Christine and just just... Yeah. Hallelujah. And so this is after I'd been given the all clear and I thought, that's it, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. All of a sudden I had massive shooting pain down my arm. Now I was getting pain elsewhere because of the drugs sort of uh, in the system, but um, I honestly thought someone had taken a a sort of a cross between a cricket bat and a machete and driven through my forearm. (laughs) And I just thought, no, I can't put up with this. So I went to the doctor and he said, look, he said, I'll send you off for an ultrasound. So send me an ultrasound. And the uh, radiologist and the doctor came in and saw me and said, you've got a 10-centimetre blood clot in your forearm. Now, most people that have blood clots, it's in the 
single digits of centimetres, um, and I had a 10 centimetre one right in my so forearm. 10 centimetre long, long blood clot from there to there. Yeah, that's just, a, that's, a very, pretty, that's a very good radio, isn't it, when someone says there to there? <laughs> anyway, um, for the audience. Yeah, it was <laughs> Get your ruler out, audience, <laughs> and, and look at how big yeah, 10 centimetres yeah. is from your, that's from your wrist down to nearly long. the bend in your elbow. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, <laughs> I was then, uh, I said, look, how long, how long am I going to be on these drugs? They wanted me to take these different blood thinning drugs, etc. And they said, well, to give you an idea, people who have a couple of centimetre blood clots are on it for months and months and months. So I thought, oh, where's this going? So I thought, that's it. Oh, well, dutifully, take it every night, put it in. Uh, first few nights, pretty poor, pretty sore, couldn't handle it. <laughs> My body was rejecting it. What we thought was needles not being sharp enough... <laughs> from professional, you know... Straight out of the packet. Medical card, exactly right. <laughs> it wasn't something I'd whittled in the shed. Um, and uh, sent them back. New boxes would arrive with apologies. So sorry, so sorry. Go to put in again. I even had locum come around to say, look, maybe I'm doing it wrong, you do it. And literally it was like... Rejecting. ...pushing a shoe through, you know, a steel door. It wasn't happening. And then the last night I tried to put it in, I finally got it in, squeezed it in, it was all the way in, because uh, I had to take other things while I was having my chemotherapy treatment, so I was used to putting needles into myself for red and white blood cell to keep healthy. And um, this just poured out of me. It just kept pouring out of me. It just poured out of me, and I thought, that's it, no more. So I was really earnestly sought the Lord, and I realised probably two, three days later, I didn't have any pain in my arm, and went back and saw my doctor and said, by the way, you know, I'm supposed to be on this for forever, as you know. I haven't been even on it for two weeks. I don't have any pain in my arm anymore. And he felt around and he said, oh, well, you know, just make sure you look after it. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, just look after it. And I said, it's not there anymore, is it? And he said, just, just, just watch it. And uh, he just wouldn't admit, he refused to admit my GP that this, this had gone. And it was gone, completely gone. Gone. There's no physical no, or medical intense. reason why it should have gone. Because None. she hadn't taken the drugs. Hadn't no. taken the drugs. My body was supposed to be on forever. <laughs> I'm not sure about forever, but for a very long time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, again, just just another case of where the Lord just steps in and um, where we can't do anything and man can't do anything. He just does everything. Amazing. Just amazing. Mm. And no stomach problems. Yeah. No, no stomach issues. No more stomach He's issues as well. inflammatory bowel disease for 12 years and it was a nightmare. Just that, I, I think that was, you know... Um, a combination of everything that he'd gone through. We couldn't... We were such socialites, you know, so we got to the point where we were um, always out and about and then I went from a guy who would, you know, eat uh, chilli like there was no tomorrow and have coffee shots where his heart was coming out of his shirt sort of thing um, to um, to having ten things uh, for two years, just ten things. Only he would, ten things he could yeah, eat. Yeah, only ten things, yeah. So, um, um, and, and we and, noticed, it was Christine that actually noticed about a month and a half after I'd, um, the Lord had delivered me from from the cancer, He uh, she just said, um, have you noticed uh, <laughs> any issues with your stomach? Like they said... No, no, I didn't want to talk about it, to be honest. She said, she said <laughs> you, like, have you had any issues? I'm done with you. Yeah. I'm done yeah. with your health issues. I'm, just, exactly. I'm done, exactly. <laughs> she said, you know, have you had yeah. any of these particular issues? Have you had any of this or that? I said, no, 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 no. She goes, oh, okay. About a week later, she said again, she said, have you had any, yeah. any of these issues again? She went, I said, no, I haven't. And then both of us just, it was like a light yeah. swan on and we just went, he, oh. he's healed me of that as well. Yeah. And 
That's the like, best. I, like I mentioned earlier, unlike us, he's not a god of half jobs. When he yeah. does something, he does no it. No B plan. Yes. Yep. Amen. Most people find going through an experience like that mm. so incredibly tough. Mm. But I hear a different story than I hear from most people that I mm. talk to. And I know plenty of people at work and other places, you know, that you talk to go really do struggle when they go yep. through such a yeah. such a really tough thing. Has it changed the way you approach your prayer or the Absolutely. way you approach other challenges? Because you know, even though we even though we know that mm. we're you know, we're a son and daughter of God. That's right. Yep. And that he has a whole bunch of promises. Life still happens. So has it changed the way you mm. approach prayer or yeah. approach other challenges that you face in your life? It certainly does. I mean, every morning <laughs> I now wake up and thank the Lord that I'm able to wake up. Yeah. And the, the day-to-day that you go through, that you sort of have your little moans and groans and some of them aren't so little, unfortunately. But, you know, sort of uh, as I jokingly say to Christine, you know, it's... Um, just an amazing blessing to be here to whinge about it, you know. Sort of, you sort of, yeah, you sort of you take a blessing, on, that, on, yeah. that, on that point, you sort of think, well, you know. Yeah, that's an I interesting know, prayer. Know. Thank you, yeah. Lord, for allowing me to be here to whinge about my day. I'm not quite, yeah. quite sure it's I read not, it that uh, way. I was about to say that's that you and... to my wife yeah. rather than a prayer. But. Yeah. No, I, I, I must admit, I'm being married to this man for 19 years nearly, um, but known him, you know, knowing him for about 20, 21 years sort of thing, I, I will admit in the last two, three years spiritually, um, I noticed a real change in his life sort of thing. Um, and uh, and also I think um, the way he approaches just our family with prayer and, and the way he says things to the children, you know, to the boys and, and our prayer life and things like that too. You know, we have this thing where... We're always in the car together. The first thing we do is pray in the car. Um, and uh, No matter how long the trip. No matter how long the trip, short trip, doesn't matter. Um, it's it, You learn to not sweat the small stuff um, and, uh, you know, just let go of ego and control and those sort of things and go, oh, Lord, just, just deal with it. I'm done. I'm done with, you know. And, and there's times too recently he had another scare um, and uh, um, I just looked at him and I went, nah, like, the pattern before in front of us shows that, well, not the pattern, just the power really is is that God will um, make like we just to remain faithful, and He's done it once, twice, three or four times. There's no reason why. I don't care, devil, how how you want to present it in front of us anymore. We reject that notion that He's going to be sick again for this sort of side of things too. And and yes, there is you know. Um, we we pray and you know but we have um i think in corinthians it says that if you just have um hope in christ you are men most miserable and i remember reading that when we were going through this scenario and i was like that's if i just have hope but i've got more than hope we've both got more than hope having the holy spirit is is incredible and so that's the that's the power of god within and it's christ within he's not just with us he's in us and i think once you really understand that concept and you go through it you then just go no i am chosen <laughs> and it's not an egotistical it, it is i am worthy and and 
I will rebuke the enemy and illnesses and all of those sort of side of things too. And tribulation does not come from God, you know. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, you know, that's life and, and that's the, you know, constructs of the world. One thing that um, we were spoken to by a good brother, um, he, he sort of said, Christine, I never forget when Ewan was going through some of his operations, he just said, just remember two things, Christine. What is good is of God. What is not is not of God, basically. So just what is good is of God, and he is good, and he is mighty. So, yeah. Hold on to those good things. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. 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 <laughs> I asked you before we started whether you had a particular scripture that either helped you through your yes. time or yeah. whether there was something that you hold on to now. Yeah, so for me, um, I mean, they're all great, but during this particular phase, um, I um, saw uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And that was my call to, I had it on a bangle, I had it everywhere, I even scripted it out, um, but I love the hierarchy of that um, scripture, just, you know, he's given, it's not a spirit of fear, it's a spirit of power, and so once I understood that I had power, then I understood that love came, and then my sound mind came, sort of thing, so that's essentially, it's a beautiful scripture that gets me through um, every day, actually, yeah. And this is the one that got me through, along with a lot of others, it was, um, Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And it just really came to me that the fact that it had nothing to do with us, it wasn't on us, he'd promised us, we didn't have to fear, we didn't have to worry, it's his strength and it's his righteousness that will lift us up and that just, that drove me through, you know. Well, wasn't that amazing? I really enjoyed that conversation and I certainly enjoyed the conversation afterwards because there's a lot more depth to it that we just couldn't cover on the podcast. If you are interested in starting your journey with God and understanding how God can make a miraculous change in your life, how he can heal your body and how he can set you free, then visit www.trf.org.au regardless of where you are in the world, because we have fellowships in a lot of places and a lot of countries around the world. You can subscribe to the podcast at www.revivalontheairtoday.com. On there, you'll be able to subscribe to all of the major podcast apps that are available, both on Apple and Android. And if you want to be in contact, send me an email at podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com. Until next time, God bless.